The Chicago Bears face a solid defense this week against the Atlanta Falcons, and how Justin Fields is going to adapt in the offense overall to that defense is going to be a big part. We're going to talk about keys to that game, and plus it's Friday, so that means we got to dive into the mailbag. All that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bears Central, your number one place for all Chicago Bears news and content. What's going on, Bears fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bears Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related. I'm the host, Sarah Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Shy Bears Central on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. So I want to talk about some of the things that the Bears need to be looking out for um, as they face the Atlanta Falcons uh, this weekend. And so the first thing is, is Justin Fields understanding how to attack the secondary. Um, that's something that we definitely need to see in this game from from uh, the Chicago Bears. And, you know, a balanced attack, of course, on the ground and in the air. You need that as well to really kind of, you know, expose or, or have success, I should say, against this Atlanta Falcons defense. But at the end of the day, Justin Fields being able to have success against a secondary that's pretty solid is going to be a big part of that overall. And so right now it's going to be it, 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 it it's on paper is going to be really interesting, right? So, uh, you know, the Atlanta Falcons have a solid defense. It's not like it's a terrible defense. They're in top half in most of the statistical categories in defense as well. So it's going to be the, the opportunities and how you have to pick apart that defense is going to be important. That goes also to Luke Getzey and his game plan, which, as you guys know, if you've watched the show for a while, I don't help have a whole hell of a lot of a, a faith in Luke Getzey and his game plan day to day. But I will say this, if the Bears can get out, and score early, if they can get out to an early lead, that's usually when we see the best from Luke Getzey, as long as the Bears can create some separation early. Now, that's going to be on the offense and defense to kind of be in synergy and the offense to be able to score and the defense get stops to be able to create that separation. But if they do that, it comes down to it. But Fields has to make smart decisions against the Atlanta Falcons defense. You just have to. If you don't, it can become a long night for Fields and for the Chicago Bears offense overall. And the offensive line is going to have to provide him some time in that as well. But he's going to have to make those quick decisions. So, um, you know, we'll see. We've seen the Chicago Bears offense have some solid possession, solid quarter, solid halves even at times. But then it always starts to stagnate. This is one of the games where I would like to see uh, us to avoid that stagnation in the offensive side of the ball. But it, Justin Fields has to be a big part of that, both in making decisions, passing to expose that secondary and when it went to uh, to know how to extend plays or make plays with his legs that really kind of demoralized the Atlanta Falcons defense. So that's going to be a really big part of it. We'll see what the what the Bears offense can do. But again, a lot of that is you're going to be looking at Justin Fields and all eyes are going to be on Justin Fields on the last two games anyway, considering the conversation around his future, potentially with the Chicago Bears. So we'll see what that ends up being for him. And uh, hopefully he can have a big day. And then on the defensive side of the ball, we have to get pressure. That's it. We have to get pressure on the quarterback. That's it. If we can get pressure, we know that that makes our defense so much better in every facet of the game. It makes it easier on the secondary. It frees up the linebacking core. And then you force the team to be more one-dimensional with their run game, which we'll get into here in a little bit. But at the end of the day, uh, at the end of the, uh, like the, the Atlanta Falcons offensive line is solid overall, right? It's not a terrible offensive line by any stretch of the imagination, but they have their weaknesses where Montez Sweat and the, and, um, the, the defensive line can definitely get pressure on on the quarterback and so we'll see what they can do Justin Jones who's been playing much better as long as Matt Eberflus stops using him in goddamn coverage right uh you know that that definitely helps with that and we'll end up seeing but right now the Chicago Bears if they if if Montez Sweat in the defensive line gets pressure is going to help a lot of things going on right now we'll see what happens with DeMarcus Walker if he uh you know if he's going to play and how he's going to play on top of that 
but we need to first put pressure on the quarterback. And if we can do that, it helps a lot of things. Now, with pressure on the quarterback, that does, as I mentioned, makes a team one-dimensional. They then have to go to the to the run game. And so right now, if the Chicago Bears can also contain Bijan Robinson, and that's going to be on the whole entire front seven, not just the defensive line. Really look at TJ Edwards to have a big game in this one as well. And if he can, um, you know, it, it definitely helped that. Not just him, Jack Sanborn, uh, 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 Tremaine Edmonds as well. You want the front seven uh, overall to have really solid nights of, of containing the, the the run game and getting pressure on the quarterback. But B. Sean Robinson, a former teammate of Roshan Johnson, who is our running back of the future. Uh, listen, that that's that that guy's talented, man. That guy is an absolute monster. And uh, the Bears have to find a way to contain him. And if they do that, Listen, it is what it, it comes down to, but it's not just Bijan. You got to look at Angler, uh, Agler as well. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing his name, but at the end of the day, you cannot forget him. He definitely can can go off on you as well in that running game. So the Bears have a tough night in front of them as far as you know containing that run game. But if they can do that while also getting pressure on the quarterback, that's going to help us a lot. And then lastly for that defense is. Can we st- st- keep being that defense that's forcing turnovers? What are we, the 11th best team in the league right now with turnovers? Can they continue to do that? That comes down to a lot of the play from our secondary. When you're looking at uh, Tyreek Stevenson, you're looking at Kyler Gordon, you're looking at Jaquan Brisker, Jalen Johnson. Can those guys really get forced some turnovers? And if they can, um, then, hey, listen, that definitely helps the offensive line a lot. I mean, the defensive line a lot as well. So that's what we got to do. We didn't create a turnover against the Cardinals. So this is a week where we can try to bounce back in that. And if we can, that, that really helps our defense overall, right? When we're, a team, when we're being that team that is either forcing fumbles or getting interceptions, that, that puts us in a position where we're, we're, we play amazingly defensively at that because we're already a hard-hitting defense. We're solid. We're the number, number two run defense in the league. Our pass defense has steadily been on the rise. So this is a, a time where if we can force those turnovers in the, at, at the same time as th- those other things I mentioned, containing the run, getting some pressure on the quarterback, that really can be something that demoralizes the Falcons' offense, and let's hope that we can get to that. Let me know your guys' thought on it. We'll be breaking it down more in detail when we do the pregame show on Sunday, which is always an hour before the game, so make sure you guys tune in for that. But it is Friday, and that's mailbag day here around Chicago Bears Central, so we're about to get into your voicemails. We're going to go ahead and play the first one now. This one's from Fred. Hey, what's up, Hayes? How you doing, man? It's your boy, Fred, man. How can I say to you and your family? Bobby C. Dubs, Cognac Boy, Steve O'Kid, Will, man. Man, glad the Bears got the win, though. It should have been better. I'm with you that these coaches got to go. And I don't understand, like, why did you drop them off? Drop, uh, I mean, I'm excuse me. Why did you lose again? See what he did in the last week game with Justin Jones. You didn't learn from that. Why did you keep dropping your DC off? Like, dude, like, I don't understand. Like, only thing, like, Justin Fields that I kind of fought him for that. We threw that uh, touchdown pass and ended up turning to a pick that he should have, you know what I'm saying, went through his read because DJ Moore was opening the end zone and that could have been a tough time right there for sure, though. But that's the only thing he got to learn, though. But Luke Gassi and Matt Eberfruit, they have got to get the fuck up out of there for sure. So I'm, I'm just over there, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad the Bears got the win, you know. And I was going to see if they can pull this off. Even if they make the playoffs, That'd be good and let Justin Fields get that experience because that way when he gets that experience, he'll know what to do. And I'm just looking forward to them to see what Ryan Paul's gonna do and give him some pieces as well. Because that old line gonna have to get dressed. That's just like for they like guard position because Seven Jenkins, I like him when he's healthy and his diamonds is good. And we gotta get somebody, you know, that can probably fill in for him right away that you can plug in 
just can't just go down again. Nate Davis, man, I think we should get rid of Nate Davis. He's lazy. It's like he don't care about nobody but himself, man. And that's not the type of attitude type of person we need on our team. Because that, that can sit there and hurt the team well, though. And I'm hoping that we do get Marvin Harrison Jr. And we end up getting Jared Burst or a left tackle and a center. Another end and a safety, man, because this team is ready. All we need is the right coach. We ready to win. You know what I'm saying? Justin is ready to be that quarterback that we know he can be. So for all the motherfuckers out there talking to trade him and all that shit, man, fuck all them prospects that's coming out. They not better than Justin Fields. I don't know why people keep saying that goofy-ass shit. Justin Fields not going nowhere. I don't think he's going nowhere because we trust him. Why do that set yourself back to the rich quarterback? It makes no sense, though. But I just want to tell you guys again, enjoy your holiday, man. Enjoy the week. Let's go ahead and get this next win. And let's keep on fighting, man. Chicago up. Bad out, man. Peace. And listen, the, the dropping Justin Jones in coverage is something that completely irritates my everlasting soul. I don't understand it. It hasn't been successful. I know some teams do have success with dropping their defensive linemen in coverage, and usually then some can get past deflections, maybe even interceptions, right? Um, we see that a lot in college football um, as well. But I think when it comes down to it, to me, you just – I don't we, – we haven't been successful in it. Maybe we're using the wrong player. Maybe Zach Pickens or Javon Dexter would be better in trying to drop for coverage. I don't necessarily see it, but that is definitely something that I want to see Matt Eberflus eliminate, and let's just use our defensive line to put pressure on the quarterback and in that run game. Now, as far as Fields throwing picks, definitely agree with you. We, Of course, we know, especially the late-game mistakes from Justin Fields, you want to see that be be damn near eliminated, right? And that's going to help a lot when it goes to that. But, you know, I, I, when it comes down to it, it's frustrating, right? And that that's one of the most frustrating aspects of Justin Fields' game um, you know, is 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 the is the turnovers, man. He got to get those turnovers, and even me being a field supporter, you got to get those turnovers underhand. You got to. You just you can't keep turning the ball over, especially while we're trying to go on, you know, uh, last minute drives and things like that. But you know, story for another day. Nate Davis, listen, it's been up and down season for Nate Davis. He's had some times when he initially came back from what he was dealing with. He played really well, but then we've seen some really not so good games from Nate Davis as well. I won't say that he has to go. I think overall improvement on that offensive line is going to help him a lot as well, too. A center is definitely going to help this offensive line a lot, right, if we can get that, get some more depth there. But, you know, Nate Davis signed that guaranteed contract. He's more than likely not going anywhere. But great voicemail there from Fred. Let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from Jerome. Yes, this is Jerome. Originally from Chicago, living in New Jersey. I've been watching all these different podcasts, but I like yours the most. But it makes more sense to me to build around Justin Fields because you know what he can do. He's a great player athlete-wise, and he makes things happen that other quarterbacks definitely would not do. And the defense stepped up since they got Montana Sweat. So why don't they give Justin some help? They still got at least one more year they can use them on the rookie deal and still go out and get a quarterback. Quarterbacks come out every year. That's all I wanted to say. Peace. Makes more sense to build around. I agree with that, right? And, and you know, I've, I've been very vocal on that, been very consistent on that. You get a wide receiver, an additional weapon. You help shore up your center position, get some depth, depth at that tackle position. And almost everything else on the offense is ready to go, right? When you look at it, running back core, good. We're solid there. Um, wide receiver core, we add uh, one of these wide receivers that are going to go in the top 10, you, you help shore that up some, right? Um, and that doesn't stop you from getting free agents. Center, tackle depth, guard depth as well, because you just know we, we're going to deal with injuries we saw this season. That really pretty much takes care of things. We're already solid at tight end with Cole Komet. 
Um, I doubt they bring Robert Tanya back, so maybe you look to bring in another dual threat tight end, kind of a veteran there that maybe you can get on the cheap or maybe even draft a young one. Maybe later in the draft, I haven't really looked at the tight end prospects too much there. Um, so that, that those are opportunities. But other than that, the offense is in a pretty solid enough spot. I know some people are going to say, well, what about the quarterback? Well, like I said before, this is the thing on this is built around Justin. And like you said, like at the end of the day, if he isn't, there's always another quarterback that's coming in. And at that point, you have everything else solid, and then you can make your decision. I know I'm, I kind of sound like a broken record on that because I've said that so many times now, but it's really how I feel. And it's really what I would like to see the Bears do. But it really comes down to what Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren think. And we'll end up seeing, man. Great voicemail. Uh, let's get into this next one. This one's from Marifa Asa. Bobby, C-Dub. Hey, the Cognac Boys. What's happening, fellas? This your man, Marifa Asa. Black yet again, man. We black in the house yet again. Listen, man, it was good to see the boys come off the field, man, with a win, man. I love to see the atmosphere in Chicago, man. In Soldier Field, man. And Justin was giving the crowd, man, the the love that he let get back from the from the fans, man. The fans, we love Justin. We know that he's the one. But it's so much Chicago negative media pressing a negative propaganda, false narrative about Caleb Williams is the next coming of Patrick Mahomes and Caleb Williams is this. Caleb Williams is that. I'm so sick and tired, sick and tired of hearing this boy's name. Listen, Holmes did not draft, no, 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 go back. Holmes did not train for DJ Moore, for DJ Moore, and he did not train or didn't train for Marquette Sweat just to start the clock all over again with a rookie quarterback who got to learn how to play in the NFL. Come on, man. If you look at the boy's Twitter, you look at the boy's Twitter account, he don't even want to come to Chicago, okay? He's wearing dresses on GQ magazine. He's painting his fingernails. He's cuddling up with his puppy dog, watching Netflix. Man, Chicago fans is going to eat him alive if he don't come. I'm talking about Caleb Williams. If Paul decide to trade Justin and bring in Caleb Williams, Chicago gonna eat him alive if that boy don't win a Super Bowl from day one. From day one, the pressure is gonna be on his head because he's gonna be the number one overall pick. Number one overall pick supposed to be perfect. They supposed to be flawless with no any mistakes. So he gotta come out the gate Winning. He can't be right young. He got to be Patrick Mahomes 3.0. Okay? And that pressure just ain't worth it. Man, stick with Justin Fields. Build around Justin Fields. Draft Marvin Harrison Jr. Put him next to DJ Moore and get you a defensive end and watch the Bears go to the Super Bowl and win it all. It's the man, Marvin. I got places to go. I got people to see. But you know what it is, baby? It's Chicago up and bang out. First of all, I love that you point out that the false narratives around, like, I, here's the thing. Yeah, they, they always want the shiny new thing. And I think people do uh, think or make it seem like it's going to be too easy. Like, oh, he's just going to come in and we're, and we're doing it. No, you're, you are resetting, learning a new offense, um, learning, uh, ad adapting to the NFL game. And it's not like Caleb Williams is the perfect quarterback either. And like I've, I always go back to saying, if you're looking at just their collegiate careers, Justin Fields was a better college quarterback than Caleb Williams. Um, so, you know, when, and that's my opinion. But 
at the end of the day, I always stand, uh, I understand where people are coming from. They just want their quarterback, right? Like, that's what it really is rooted in. And I try not to, you know, I, I, I always try to understand, even when if I don't agree with somebody's somebody's points, like, I, I can understand just wanting to make sure that our team has the franchise quarterback. I completely understand that. But if we get into this area where every three or four years we're just getting a new quarterback, uh, to me, that, that you're not going to be successful in that no matter how you change other things. So, you know, we'll see, man. Um, it really comes down to, yes, a new quarterback is going to come in with tons of pressure on them, especially moving on, especially if they're looked at as you are now the one. We went through Justin Fields. You're the guy. That pressure could be ridiculous. Now, some players respond better when they have tons of pressure on them. And, and you know, I can't deny that. Maybe Caleb or Drake May would respond well to that. But at the end of the day, I, I've been very vocal on my standpoint on it. It hasn't changed. I haven't seen anything that would make it change. But the biggest people who need to make that decision are Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren. And if they are completely enamored, let's just say they are wowed at workouts by Drake May or Caleb Williams, I mean, they could go a different direction. It depends on it, it depends on a lot of factors, man. I Like I said, I can give my thoughts only so much, but it really when it comes down to it, it's up to those two guys as the decision makers for the Chicago Bears organization. And like I've said before, just get the right decision. Make the right decision. That's all. Like, make the right one. And we'll see what that ends up being. But great, great uh, voicemail there from Mr. Black again. Let's go ahead and get into the next voicemail. This one's from Book. Yo, 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 Hayes, what's up? This Book, man. Blessings to you and yours, and happy holidays to you and yours as well. I know I said I wasn't going to talk about the quarterback no more, man, but I, I, I just got to say this one thing. And it's, it's not so much more about Justin. It's more about the, any quarterback that's coming in if they trade Justin. Now, we keep hearing generational talent, generational talent. So this is what I expect. And I don't want to hear no excuse. I don't want to hear nobody crying about a nothing or saying, no, that's not fair. If they get Caleb Williams to come in here, I expect the Bears to be in the playoffs next year if he's that good because this team is ready to go. They just need a couple of more pieces and a couple of more um, improvements from Justin, man, and they will be ready to go. So if he comes in here because I feel that that's setting it back because you have a rookie QB, I don't care how good he may be or how good folks think he is, there is a learning curve coming into the NFL, especially with Caleb because he has the same issues as Justin, which I don't get from a lot of people not really understanding that. They, they, like I, You'll have somebody say, Justin holds the ball too long, and then you'll they'll say, just uh, Caleb holds the ball long, but he's looking to make a play. What do you think Justin's doing? So, I mean, the arguments are just uh, are non-valid and, and, and basically stupid to me. So, if he comes in here, I expect the playoff. I expect the, the Bears to be in the playoff. And I don't want to hear no excuses about it. You know, he better come in, you know, feet on fire running because people have talked him up so much, he has talked himself up. You know what I'm saying? I don't watch college ball, so I don't know. All I know is that the last quarterback, in this bowl, from what I heard, actually threw six touchdowns and played very well with the team that everybody says sucks for Caleb. And it's basically Caleb by himself. So that's all I got to say, man. Again, blessings to you and yours. Shot sound up, bear down, and I'll holler. Hey, much like following up what Marifa Assad said, yes, pressure on a new quarterback would be real. It would really be real. But I want to, since I've already kind of talked about that, I want to gear towards the second half of your voicemail. The Bulls, the Bears ready to be a playoff team. When you said that in that voicemail, it initially made me start thinking of, yeah. Like, when you look at it, we have the bones of a top five defense, a top ten. Going right to the top five may be a lot. Top five defense in the league next year. 
And we've seen that be enough to propel, hell, especially here in Chicago. That's been enough to propel us to the playoffs many times before. I already talked about early in the episode as well, all the things that we do have solid enough on that offensive side of the ball. You get a better offensive coordinator, you get another weapon, you fix up some of the holes that we have on that offensive line and to get some depth, right? may not be the best depth or the most long-term depth, but you can do that. The Bears absolutely move to that, that spot where they may be expected to make the playoffs. Now, it depends on how they start off the season, right? We started off this season very, very rough, which kind of changed those expectations for a lot of Bears fans that came in thinking maybe this team could contend for a wild card spot. And in a way, I guess we did. We're still technically in wild card contention right now, right? But yes, next year is the, is the year that you want to see that step. On top of development from the young guys, having a whole season of Montez Sweat, hopefully a better uh, uh, offensive coordinator in here or offensive-minded head coach, development from your secondary that is one of the bright spots on the team overall as a unit, I do think that that we are gear, uh, ready to become that playoff team at that point. And, you know, that's why I made the point a couple, uh, I think early last week of saying that you got to think about this is that maybe that's why the Bears are mulling over this decision with the quarterback so much because they could potentially have a defense and enough that's going to make them a playoff team for the foreseeable future. And then at that point, you don't, you're not going to have those high draft picks. So that may be another reason why I trade back, get his money for future first from another team that could be struggling as well, right? So wouldn't have seen how that works out for the Bears, but um, I do think that next season, depending on what they do in the offseason, you know we'll be here covering it, that could determine what happens with this Bears team and if they're a team that can't go on a playoff uh, run during the season next year. Great voicemail from Booker. Let's get into this next one. This one's from Darius from Dallas. What's going on, man? Uh, Darius from Dallas here. Um I just got a question about – I got, actually got a two-parter here. Uh, first, about Khalil Herbert. Uh, he entered this season as a number one running back, man. He's not a number one running back. Um, I, I think unless you have an offensive coordinator that's specifically designed, designing outside run uh, uh, plays, he's not as effective. And I just don't want any one-dimensional running back. I want a guy that's going to get in between the tackles, going to get outside the tackles, whole nine yards. And I'm just wondering, do you guys think we should – because Foreman's going to go. I mean, they're not going to re-sign a running back. I know that. Uh, I really think we should go ahead and let Foreman go, let let Herbert go, uh, and just ride it back with, with with Roshan. And what's another running back in the draft that y'all feel high on? Uh, I like Blake Corm, uh, the kid from Michigan. I also know that Austin Eckler will be a free agent next year. That might be another guy we might want to think about bringing in. I love the way he runs in between tackles. He runs outside the tackles. He can catch. He can block a little bit because he's short and stout. Um, I like I like him. Uh, as far as running backs, I know there's a lot of them in the draft every year. I just want to know if y'all had your eyes on one. And my second question is uh, left tackle, okay? If we don't go draft, all right, what's some free agent left tackles out there, man, that, that, that y'all think uh, w- w- would be doable? Maybe he's not a Hall of Famer, but maybe he's good enough for us to secure that side because we're going to have to, man. Uh, uh, Braxton is just not going to cut it. Um, he, he might be a good swing tackle, uh, but he's just – he, he, he's even worse than Charles Leno was when he was with us, I feel like. And Charles Leno had the same issue. He was a good pass blocker. Uh, he wasn't really all that strong uh, in the run game. And I, I don't know. I just – I don't like him. I, I think we can upgrade that spot. Um, so I just want to know, man, if y'all had, had your eyes on any free agent left tackles or uh, or, or maybe any running backs in the draft uh, that we can – because I feel like an off, offensively those are really – Two things that we can do that can give us an, an immediate boost, given Justin Fields' time time to throw, uh, and, and you got uh, another running back back there that's not eating up at the salary cap at all. So if we we let Herbert 
go and we let Foreman go, that frees up money where we can sit back and have two good running backs with a great running game, and we're paying them on rookie contracts. Uh, and, and then you get your left tackle in there and sure that up, and we're, we're cooking with grease then, and I'm sure we'll get a wide receiver. But I'm more of a in-the-trenches guy first before you start worrying about Marvin Harrison Jr. every goddamn episode. Uh, but, but anyway, <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, man. Um, yeah, I just wanted to know if y'all had, had an idea of, uh, you know, of any, any, any running backs or left tackles, because, uh, that's something, that's something simple that we can do, uh, that won't cost us a lot of money, but can have a great impact on our offense. So just let me know what y'all think about that, man. I always enjoy. All right. So here's the thing, right? And I get what you're getting at with this, but I want to just bring some realism here. Khalil Herbert is still on a rookie scale deal. There's no point in, in, again, even if Roshan Johnson, I do believe can become that running back one. And you don't, Khalil Herbert doesn't have to be a perfect running back at that point in time. He's had an impact for the Chicago Bears team, not so much this season. He came back slow from injury. Deontay Foreman was ready to go. But I think much like we say with the quarterback, right, you're just kind of looking every year to do something new. Now, that's not to say the Bears may not go running back late in the draft, maybe because they understand that Khalil Herbert would have to get paid next offseason, not this upcoming offseason, but the following offseason. And then you may already want to have somebody who you've taken a look at, who's been ingratiated in your system, things like that. But I don't think they're going to let Khalil go while he's still on a rookie-scale deal. That's just not smart. That's not smart. That's not a smart use of assets either. The Bears right now have so many positions of need. You got to look at it. Another weapon and wide receiver, regardless of where we drafted at. A, a center, a tackle, some depth, right? Um, another defensive end, potentially. A, a safety with uh, with Eddie Jackson Jr. Uh, you know, whether, whether, even if they keep him, he's on the last year of a deal next season. You may want to start grooming his replacement. So, I don't think that that's a smart use of assets considering you have so many other positions that you may have to go after. So I think that ultimately Khalil Herbert's going to come back, and we've seen Khalil as a second running back be fine. This The modern-day NFL, you don't have to have – everybody doesn't have to be this up-and-down complete running back considering the depth at the position, and Khalil Herbert is really good at what he does well. And you say that, just run towards the outside. No, Khalil Herbert showed in the last game he does have the smarts and patience to run between the tackles. He just hasn't done it yet consistently at, at a level, but he's still a young player as well, right? I think we're too – you're too quick to make judgments – on younger players who still have room to develop. Now, we've seen Ryan Poles may very well never pay a running back. And because of that, he could draft a running back every year in the draft and get a solid enough one. And there are definitely some running backs in this draft that you can look at. So I'm not saying that that's not a, a, a thing that you can do, but I just don't think that's the smartest use of assets right now, considering the premium position that the Bears do have needs at. And Khalil Herbert is fine for what he does. You and Even if you keep Deontay Foreman, if Roshan Johnson ascends to the level that we want him to, He'll be even more fine. So I get what you're getting at with that, but I'm not really looking at running backs yet. And as far as potential left tackles for Braxton Jones replacement, I haven't really looked at the free agents. There are more than enough uh, in this draft, right? And so Joe all things like that, there are, there are more than enough tackles in this draft that the Bears really could use uh, and draft to bring in some um, some competition for Braxton Jones. But I definitely think that that is a big thing that they do need to look at in this offseason is bringing in competition for Braxton. Running back, I'm not too much worried about the running back. We're the number one running, like, and again, that's the thing. We're having success. We're the number one rushing team in the league. Chill out, bro. Uh, let's get into the last voicemail for today. This one's from Buddy Love. What up, Hayes, man? It's Buddy Love with another hot take, switching over from your Chicago Bulls to Chicago Bears Central. I just wanted to call and give my opinion on, you know, the Bears offseason, on what they should do. I think as Bears fans, I think that us actually wanting to get rid of Justin Fields for a quarterback, I think that shows how little that us Chicago Bears fans think about our quarterback that, you know, 
us being traumatized and everything. But I think Marvin Harrison is your number one priority in this year's offseason right here, not only because he's a generational talent at wide receiver, but you still got two years left on Justin Fields' rookie rookie deal. Like, you don't just get rid of a guy that you that still needs to prove himself. You get him some help. DJ Moore, that was a, 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 a good pickup last year. Now this is the draft where you get your generational wide receiver, not to mention the Ohio State connection that these guys have got. And another thing, which I probably will leave another voicemail, I will actually go and try to get Ryan Day from Ohio State. That, I think, would be the missing piece maybe to unlock Justin Fields. You get Marvin Harrison Jr., you got DJ Moore, and you use your own pick that you got either eighth or ninth, and you either trade down for a team that needs a quarterback still on the board, or you draft your left tackle. You fix your defense. People forget how much money we'll have in this offseason. People forget a lot of things, but I feel like this draft right here is a Marvin Harrison must. But let me know what you think. Marvin Harrison Jr. being a top priority, you guys know. I've been singing the praises of Marvin Harrison Jr. literally since, like, week three. Um, So, yeah, I definitely think that, to me, I've already said it. Number one overall pick, he's the best talent in the draft, has the um, you know, the highest ceiling of any player in the draft. I think that he should go number one if the, in the Bear. I wouldn't be mind if the Bears take him. But with that said, um, Bears fans wanting a new quarterback. You made a great point on that. I do think that it, you know, it just shows the urgency from Bears fans of just wanting a quarterback to call their own, wanting a quarterback that they can say is their franchise guy, right? That's really what it's rooted in. That's why I don't I don't take any I don't take any real negativity from now. Some of the things that you got the, the vocal small community that just says dumb shit, but the people who are like, really like, Hey man, I think we need to consider this Caleb Williams or Drake or these Drake may guys. I understand where it comes from because it comes from seeing Justin feel like the thing that I always say, when you're a fan of one team and truly a fan of that team, right? You're, you're really zoomed in. And so the, the, the glaring mistakes that a player makes that some other uh, franchises may overlook, just the fact that we can get a first-round pick back for Justin Fields is, is the rumor thing, shows that they people still see the value in Justin Fields. We're Bears fans, though. We've seen every single mistake that he makes, right? And because of that, I think that sometimes it makes us a little bit more impatient because we just want to see those mistakes um, eliminated. And that just comes with the territory. There's always going to be pressure on the quarterback. Like I said, a quarterback is going to get an unjust amount of the acclaim when a team is winning, they're going to get an unjust amount of the criticism when a team isn't winning. That just comes with the position in the NFL. You cannot eliminate that from the position of quarterback, QB1, at the NFL level. It's always going to be there. And so because of that, until we start winning at a high rate and Justin Fields is part of that, you're always going to get those, those, those fans that are always going to want a new QB and are impatient with whoever, there is, whoever is there at the QB. It's not even just a Justin Fields thing. But great voicemail from Buddy Love. First time, I think, caller on, on this channel for that. Uh, but that is it, guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you guys are following the show at Shy Bear Central on every social media platform. You can also send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, chicagobearcentral.gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so, 773-242-9336. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related, thanks to you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, uh, Shy Town Up, Bear Down. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break, Break, Break Media. 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 Media.